I, I view you as one of the better question askers Do you really? that I know. Yeah. Can I ask why you say that? Um, you There's just, a question. Oh, yeah. See? <laughs> Dang it, dude. Got him. Well, welcome back to Open to Truth, a podcast all about exploring big ideas and discovering truth together. My name's Clint. Hey, I'm Tony. Welcome back. Uh, I want to have a conversation mm-hmm. about how to have conversations. Wow. Okay. And maybe and maybe why have them? Yeah. Hopefully this one's not too stilted and awkward. Then. Right. Hopefully we model it quite well. Right. No dead air. Good banter. All of that. Um, I've noticed that, and I'm no expert. Mm. By any means, but people often have a really tough time carrying a conversation. Yeah. Um, how to have good rapport with someone, and just what are as we as we start to have more of these things online, uh, more anonymity is at play, um, and comment sections. What are we? What are we all doing? Like, what what is? What really is a conversation? What what are the goals of it? Mm-hmm. And, or what ought they be and what are ways that we kind of flub it and, and ruin it. Um, hmm. Are you saying this because you, when you say, do you say you frequently run into people who aren't great at having conversations? Yeah. Do you mean just like in the lobby at church, like they're just kind of socially awkward or do you mean like at a sit down lunch, you feel like you're doing all the work trying to get them to talk? Uh, it has the whole gamut. Mm. Yeah. Of the social awkwardness, which I mean, I have my own of that and everyone has their little quirks and stuff, but mm-hmm. maybe more so like the online space or maybe face to face more um, deeper conversations about important topics. Mm-hmm. Just what, what do you, what should we be trying to do versus what do we often end up doing? Yeah. And what are ways that we can gravitate more toward what we should be doing? Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. I don't know if that's all too vague. Um, but Well, it seems like you have an idea of where you want to dive in, so take us there. Oh, um, <laughs> hmm. I guess, yeah, maybe this is just super obvious, but I view, and there's different kinds of conversations, let's say. Yeah, I um, think that's important. Let's chart that. Mm-hmm. So what, what could you be trying to do? I think like our previous podcast on forgiveness, uh, we came to the table with some ideas, some like just kind of luggage I had over the years of what people and different authoritative sources have said about forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And just like, okay, um, so I'm coming to the table with these. I'm going to try to not hold any of them sacred. Yep. And I just want to discover afresh, just try to put on, take off the old goggles, put on some new ones, uh, and try to discover some truth. I want to be aimed at the truth. It's like an exploratory endeavor Mm -hmm. that's happening through conversation. I don't know if not all conversation is that way, right? Some of some of them is small talk. This is what I just want to be clear on. Like, are we trying to teach charisma on command here in this? uh, Like, how to be engaging and winsome and tell jokes. It's not a teaching podcast. It's not a teaching podcast. Or at least when it certainly when it comes to those deeper exploratory conversations where maybe different points of view are being offered and there's a uh, maybe an unstated goal or stated goal that we would together get closer to truth or find truth through yeah. the exchange of different ideas. Those conversations, um, yeah, there's a 
there's a knack to them. Um, well, like at one level, a conversation is, of course, like there's just so many different kinds. It's just people talking mm-hmm. together, you know. So it could be, um, oh man, you could just be trying to one up one another and tell who's going to tell the better joke. Mm-hmm. You could be confronting someone. We're going to have a conversation about here's what you did wrong. Confrontation, and, yeah, yeah. I mean, it runs the whole gamut. Mm. I guess, I guess, what I have in mind to focus in on, because there's probably tips and tricks for all those. It's like how to how to have small talk at parties. Right. I, That's not what so much what we're doing. I'm not as interested in that. The pro tip there is just ask lots of questions and mm. hold a beer. That's it. Well, and now I mean that may be good advice for the, this other one, but mm. it's the conversations that are supposed to be. There's this. The context of it is that we're supposed to be going after the truth. Yeah. Okay. All right. On a topic that matters. A discussion. Yes. Is that different? Um, Maybe. Yeah, perhaps. Yeah. Like you don't go to parties to have discussions with people necessarily. You go there to maybe socialize or whatever. When I think about discussion, there's an issue that's I on the table. I try to get into discussions Yeah, you if do. I can. No, you're a fiend for discussions. You love to discuss. <laughs> No, with discussions, you, there's a topic on the table and we are both arriving to look at this topic from our different points of views, mm-hmm. exchange and offer ideas, and hopefully by me being able to see the way you see and by you being able to briefly see the way I see, we get a clearer picture about the issue that we're tackling together. Um, why are you frowning while you nod? Um, because I'm just trying to... I view what we did in the previous episode as that was a conversation, mm-hmm. but it wasn't necessarily like I need to like grapple with Tony's viewpoint or you need to grapple with mine because oh, it yeah. wasn't super well defined. I didn't, I didn't come to the table with this whole a position package. Yeah, fair Please enough. understand this and I'd like to persuade you of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess I'm, a, I can be, here's really what I want to get to. Here's the heart of the matter. I think that our conversations about things that matter most should almost never have this texture of the here's this package that I need you to think and I'm going to persuade you of it and we're going to yeah. we're going to spend a lot of time uh make sure that you get my little perspective. Yep. And then I'm going to try to really understand your perspective and then I don't know, debate. Hmm. Whereas I guess what I I think a path forward just to I mean, I think you can resonate with this audience, the the vitriol that's mm. often in all these online spaces and maybe has spilled over into some of your real-life conversations about these important topics. Mm-hmm. Um, just the atmosphere of genuine curiosity mm. and openness and humility, all the intellectual virtues are all but gone yeah. in most of these venues. Yeah. And I guess I just would see, I view that as the antidote. The intellectual virtues are the antidote to having to, this kind of to having good conversations that actually matter and are valuable. So what is the okay? I hear what you're saying. What does that mean though? If it's a topic where you do have a formed opinion already that you bring to the table, you're you're not just talking about topics that you have no okay. and I opinion do, I have I do that all the time. I have considered opinions. And so, but then, what do you do with it? Yeah, what what that, are what's your motive, and what are you trying to do with the conversation? 
here's yeah. this thing we're doing. We're communicating with words with another person. Is your is your goal? I need to make sure that this other person uh, walks away with the package that I came that I with. have. Yeah. I think that's often the case with people, and I don't. I don't. Hopefully, I don't come across like an arrogant prick no. for claiming to not be doing that. But I have found in myself an evolution. I used to be that way way more. Yeah. And now I am less that way. I have my. I feel sec- relatively secure mm. in my beliefs. Uh, I'm willing to overturn them on hopefully on the face of new evidence. But having a conversation. To me now is not you need right you need to walk away from this holding that it's not an package of persuasion or else i failed um yeah or something's wrong with you mm-hmm. you're dumb because you didn't get it yeah yeah or you weren't clear enough or something so okay or impute bad motives to the other person like they don't actually care about the truth because they didn't pick up what I was putting down right away. Yeah. Yep. So what? Um, how how much of that is a conscious effort on your part in those conversations? Uh, you say you've been better about not needing to persuade people. Mm-hmm. Is that something that you are consciously restraining in yourself, an instinct that you're restraining, or have you just found now? you have less of a desire, less of an urge to persuade? Because I know you, like, you love, you would love to be right and to be recognized as being right. Am I wrong? <laughs> Am I wrong? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I have a, I have a love-hate relationship with the public affirmation. Uh, but that's just my own okay. baggage. Okay. I don't actually typically like when people say, say it publicly like that. Right, okay. But Sorry. I just feel embarrassed. Sorry. Will you forgive me? <laughs> <laughs> Got it. Yeah. Um, but like just wondering, yeah, how, how when you're, okay, you must do this all the time. You get, you get lunch with somebody who thinks differently about you than some, on some issue. Mm-hmm. You get together and are you, what tools do you have in your, in your conversational tool belt that you're bringing to the table there to facilitate um, the kind of conversation that you're talking about as being really fruitful and to steer things away from the you versus me, let's persuade each other. Um, is it the kind of thing you need two willing partners to do it well? Or or if... Yeah, I mean, like if, some... the, if the other person's bent on persuading you and you're just there to get at truth, wherever it might lay, it seems like you're still going to have a hard time. Someone's going to steamroll and mm-hmm. demand that their opinions are. Yeah. Uh, I've definitely been in that situation where I felt like the other person had other obstacles, uh, guardrails that they've artificially put up. Mm. And, and, just, and they might be right. And so it's for a really good reason that the guardrails are, are up. But um, there's ground that we ought not walk in the conversation. Uh. And so yep. um, maybe not acknowledging that it's possible the truth lies beyond their guardrail. Got it, yes. And I'm wanting to trespass yep. on their guardrails and they're not having it. Because there are no guardrails with with this other approach. Is that it? Of like, it's an, open, am, it's an open field and we're on the hunt for truth. So I am saying that kind yeah. of, yeah. For someone that I think the closer we're all getting to the intellectual virtues the fewer guardrails there would be. Mm. Yeah. That's not to say there's not um, 
I'm not talking about like etiquette or prudence in the sense like guardrails and how you speak to someone. No, no, you still be polite. Ideas that you know or not be entertained. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. and you're like, okay, let's entertain every idea and yeah, yeah. on its own merit. And we might, and we might very quickly, or even tacitly, brush past some yeah. that just seem obviously like it's morally good to rape. We yep. don't need to like really pontificate about that. Yep, it's not. It's not. We're both in agreement. Yeah, let's move on. You know. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. So, what do you do if you are? You sit down for a conversation with somebody and you get the sense that they have all these guardrails up, that their goal is to get you to say the right words before they leave the meeting or whatever. Mm. Um, Is there any kind of disarming that you can do? And uh, how would you do it? Well, one I've tried to use is the just to vocalize your commitment to the intellectual virtues. Oh yeah. Um, How do you do that? Uh, to Just so you know, I'm committed to honesty and humility, and curiosity. <laughs> saying things like, um, you know, I maybe I don't have all the answers, yep. or uh, I'm not certain about this. Mm-hmm. Um, I could easily be wrong, and I consider myself open to hearing new evidence and ideas. I don't know. Yeah. There's just different ways of framing, you know, what a person that has those virtues would embody. Yeah. And just to vocalize it, um, or saying, I don't have an agenda. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I'm interested in exploring the space. I'm really curious about it. I haven't made up my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, it's still something I'm wrestling with. Yeah. Because like I can, ha- I can, have a belief, and even claim to know what it, the truth of it. I know you do. And and still honestly say, like, it's something I wrestle with. Yeah. Because there, it's a, like, the you use an analogy this morning, of the turning of the gem. Mm. Like, there's, uh, I have seen this side of the gem, and I'm pretty confident here, but there's other ways of turning it where I'm, I'm very likely to discover new fractals, and mm-hmm. I, I want to do that. So mm-hmm. let's say that. Maybe for me, like an example, uh, Jesus is the Son of God or the Messiah. Yeah, it's something that I believe, I claim to know that I'm, uh, I'm living my life based on. But I don't have full grasp of that, and I want to really open to turning the gem on that, or yep. or looking at ways that that needs to be more nuanced and thought of differently. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um. I have found uh, the times when, for example, maybe some I sit down like I'm having a, a conversation with somebody who they've sniffed out enough of my views to know they don't like it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they're throwing up roadblocks. I have found that instead of, instead of insisting that I put forth my view and, what, and hear what I have to say, I just start asking all kinds of questions. Yep. Just get really curious about what, yeah, why do you think that? And how does that work? And, and tell me about how this fits with that idea. And, and not with a spirit of like antagonism at all, but genuine like, okay, just let's run with it. Let's run with it. Let's mm-hmm. run with your thoughts and tease them out to their logical conclusion. I want to know how is it you see the world. Really lay this out for me. And then I'm just going to be honest about like 
if I see, let's, let's just say we're talking in the realm of theology, and I can see some little, if you think this and you think this, there's an issue here, though. Um, That's what we can call that, if you will, the Socratic method. Right. So once I detect that someone's not super interested in, it sounds too harsh to say they're not interested in the truth. I, I kind of like how we found that way of phrasing it with the guardrails. Yeah. And, um, the truth may lie over there, but we're not willing to go there. I think they've already got it. <laughs> the, the Socratic method is less, um, it's not trying to go over there quite yet to find the truth. It's like within your own guardrails. Yeah. Have you kind of mixed up paths and crossed wires in a way that like it's not internally consistent? Yeah. Is it coherent? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so asking like all those questions, maybe even about their life story or yeah, um or just the maybe the more just general philosophical spirit yeah. of trying to question assumptions. Yeah. Like, hey, why did why is that guardrail there? Yeah, why, I know why I you, know that it's there cuz cuz you're not letting me go there. Yeah. Um what how did that get erected? Yeah. Who said what and when yeah. to cause that to be built in your mind? Yeah. Um and like may I give you permission or just yeah. be released in my presence to don't destroy it. Just gently move it aside, aside for a moment and see it peek in there <laughs> and we can always come back and put it back there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I warn you what you might find when you go over there is that that runway is just as good as the stuff we've been looking at over here. Yeah. Um, and, and being willing to have that kind of surgery done on myself as well. Yeah. I, th I just to me that is how to have better conversations with people when you're trying to suss out truth on these big topics. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to your point, my I have I am someone who's pretty introverted, so like having conversations in general is something I've had to work at a bunch. Not that I've always been antisocial, but my comfort zone is like alone in this basement, <laughs> like mm -hmm. you know. Uh, but having a pretty outgoing job at a church, making people feel welcome, that's like part of the job. So I've had to learn how to have good conversations. And for me, like I was joking about it earlier, but really asking questions has been the big thing that has helped me to have, whether, whether it is small talk at parties or it is um, a deeper conversation about the things that matter most in life. Get I, I view you as one of the better question askers Do you really? that I know. Yeah. Can I ask why you say that? Um, There's a question. Oh, yeah. See. <laughs> Dang it, dude. Got him. I think. But I mean, really, that's how I work. Is like, why do you say that? Now, tell me some more. Um, because you've got me flustered because we're it just evolved into <laughs> this meta. Meta. <laughs> um, <laughs> what you just did, I want to know, is that a tool, like that that you've developed this toolkit of like kind of some stock good follow-up questions like how does that make you feel or yeah. tell me more about that yeah um or but i've seen in you too like you're good at intuiting like what is a good insightful question mm. to be asking and mm. it's hard to describe but yeah okay i got you well what the what it allows me to do is as an introvert, what I, all I really have to do is follow my curiosity, pay attention yes. and follow my curiosity. Yes. That's it. Whether it's at a party and I'm asking somebody, what do you do? 
oh, I'm a baker. Really? How'd you decide to be a baker? And just, well, I've always been cooking. And Okay, what does a day look like for you? Just get really curious. What's it like to be a baker? And, and before you know it, you've had a 30-minute conversation. They think you're great. Mm-hmm. And you haven't had to say much at all because all you're doing is getting curious and asking I, questions. I remember um, just an example. We were talking to this guy, Jeff, about he checks out to make sure bridges are safe. Yeah. Yep. And it was... I'd never it, learned about bridges. It was a delight. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know the first thing about him, but I was asking a bunch of questions. You were. And I was genuinely curious. Like, yeah. what it actually is a bridge? <laughs> right? <laughs> Just being annoying kind yeah. of. But, um, no, but yeah. that's it. So, like, that, that like, allowing curiosity to be my guide is... But what, what would you say really to someone that's like, I don't care, though. I don't care about that, what they're talking about. Okay. I'm not curious. I definitely... Yeah, because I felt that, too. There's times when someone's talking to me and I'm thinking, my goodness, man, <laughs> I do not care about this. Um, yeah, what's my advice for those situations? You can still always come up with a question. Yeah. You can. Because Okay, and maybe at the very least... You can get curious about just the spectacle that this this person is so into the model trains. They just mm-hmm. love it. And I'm not interested. But it's interesting that they're interested. Like people are endlessly fascinating. So yeah. you can there at least get curious about that. There is a kind of like laying that. down of your own. Maybe 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 it's the humility. It's not quite intellectual humility, but mm-hmm. um, just uh, maybe it's a form of agape. Like I'm willing to s- self-sacrifice, yeah. albeit it's not this huge I haven't taken a bullet for them or anything, but I, it's not my favorite thing to be doing right now in the world, but I'm just going to like enter into this person's world for a moment and be present with them. Totally. And, um, yeah, there's plenty of times when, when it becomes clear, oh, my, my job here actually is just to be a mirror for them. And like, they haven't spoken to anybody all week and mm-hmm. they're just happy to have somebody who's going to listen to them, tell the story about how this week went. Yeah. And, and that in itself, once you realize like, Oh, I can actually give them a great gift here by by becoming very invested in this conversation. Mm-hmm. Then that makes it more fun. That makes That's it happened more on YouTube comments. Oh yeah, um, on some of these that have had more vitriolic responses. <laughs> yeah, just me genuine, like me genuinely asking some questions and being in, like, "Oh, I didn't even know you'd respond." Well, now yeah. that you're here, I'm, well, now I'm, I guess you're a real person. So. Uh, how's it going? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm thinking like maybe where to take it next is so we kind of drifted into just how to be sociable and Sorry, carry yeah, conversation, which is fine. Social but, skills. Um, in these ones where let's say we're talking about politics yep. and uh, how is Joe Biden doing as a president? Who who should you vote for in 2024? I mean, it's coming. It's, it's coming. coming down the pike and it's going to be just like All 2020 was. Yep. It, the whole atmosphere will be so charged. Uh, wouldn't it be nice to gear up for it so we're all just kind of morally ready to have conversations? Mm. Racial reconciliation and LGBTQ stuff. and all, There's so many things that are lightning rod issues that we're probably talking about with coworkers and family members. Um, how do we have those conversations? We're, we're all trying to figure out what is the truth. Mm-hmm. And we all do come to the table with uh, either a whole package that I with this motive of I need you to think this or even just some details you've heard here and there from different sources, just how do you navigate yourself well in that space? Mm. Well, I, yeah. So yeah. I was just going to say one thing I try to do in those conversations, I, I play some of my cards pretty close to my chest in terms of um, 
adopting a label or making clear which side of the issue I fall down on. Mm -hmm. I tried not to reveal that. Um, and I will try to ask questions that could be asked from either side of the aisle, you know, and stay sort of ambiguous about that so that the lines of communication stay open for as long as possible and we can sort of genuinely explore the issues without you assuming you know everything I think or me assuming I know everything you think. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if that's disingenuous. I don't think it is. I think it's just me trying to facilitate longer conversation. But yeah. I try to stay, yeah, a little unlabeled if I can. Maybe it's something like being secure enough in your own beliefs and that's not to say you have to lower your like your confidence level in it but being willing to ask critical questions of something you happen to think is true for the sake of the conversation yes so, um, yep good let's just say i just had a case like this on a night this week having a theological conversation and um like i care about the bible and reading it and i find it valuable mm -hmm. but at one point this person like rattled off some verse I'm like or said like well i don't know if that's right because it's not biblical I'm like oh why do you why should you care about what the bible says mm. now i have some reasons for thinking that yeah but just that was an assumption that like that was a little guardrail yeah yeah we won't go somewhere because i've set up the it's not biblical guardrail yeah okay well why do you care about that yeah. i even though i i happen to I have I have a little care for that too. slew of answer, of responses yeah. I could give to myself for that. It's allowing that person to question an assumption to ex, to it expands their kind of intellectual thoroughness mm -hmm. um, to unpack that for themselves. Yeah, yeah, you're highlighting yeah something that might have been um, tacitly assumed mm -hmm. that they might not have realized. Oh, that's an assumption I'm building everything off of. But yeah, how did that get there? How is that received when you do that kind of thing? It's met with sh shock, well, right? Particularly in these theological ones where they've they've come to the table assuming like because I'm work at a church that I that I have maybe some. They may even the same guardrails or more yeah. guardrails that they thought that I had. Yeah, right. Um, and I'm like, no, how? Please, by all means. Yep. You have my permission to. We don't need to use those here. Yeah. Um, um, maybe part of it is like it's um, maybe we come to the table too often assuming that other people have gone through a similar journey of us and erecting their guardrails and mm -hmm. I don't know and people haven't done that right like work so yeah now I'll say um, I'll say this I think what I'm asking of people is hard to do if you haven't done it yourself. The so the reason that examination I... Examination of guardrails, you mean? Yes. Mm. It can be hard to spot other people's and be sitting with them in a way that I'm, I'll call it pastoral, mm -hmm. but is <clears throat> giving them space and permission to remove those if you haven't been down that journey yourself. Sure. My journey was like through the study of philosophy that whole discipline in some ways examine your guardrails is, you know this cartesian project of question everything yeah and have a more skeptical attitude and so any kind of precept that flitters across i just have this default bone in me now to question it and it, and it, does does that fall under a intellectual virtue what would that be is it the curiosity piece maybe just the willingness to yeah question one's own assumptions and mm-hmm 
that sort of well the 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 general epistemological virtue of i mean all of the intellectual virtues can be summed up in a love for the truth mm. and philosophy is the love of wisdom yep. which is kind of like understanding above yep you know it's kind of sitting on top of the truth mm-hmm. so i think i do think yeah. the discipline of philosophy, philosophy is that. um encourages a a baptism into the intellectual virtues mm. yeah mm-hmm. and that's why i mean most most universities up until the modern era have required all students some yeah. fill courses yeah that's what a liberal arts degree was doing was you would get you to think mm-hmm. hmm. yeah so I, I hope you find that helpful uh maybe like as you're i mean i think we're heading into a midterm election year here yeah um and you know, the politics stuff never ceases. So there's always something people are writing on their social media or YouTube comments or even in your in-person conversations. So mm-hmm. just next time you get into one, try to put on this mantle of I'm coming to the table as someone trying to embody the intellectual virtues. I want to be really curious about what they're thinking. Try to have less of an agenda because really like, What's going to make more of a difference? Like, and mm. what are what's the likelihood that in a internet conversation that you're just going to have this silver bullet little piece of data or a zinger that's really going to change someone's mind? Mm-hmm. Very unlikely. And in fact, studies have shown that in the face of disconfirming evidence, people are more likely to double down on Dig their original their beliefs. Wow! Because you must have got that from a funky source and the funky source is out to get us. Yep. And so, no, we were right in the first place. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So let's not even go there. Let's do this more exploratory discovery journey. Try mm-hmm. to understand the person and how they erected the guardrails in there. And you don't have to call it that. Like that's a little bit rude. To, like you, you have a guardrail and you're thinking, <laughs> yeah. but just kind of noticing it and bobbing and weaving, putting on that set of goggles as you navigate the conversation space, I think will just help you have less anxiety. You have less pressure on yourself as some like crusader for your little cause. The one who has all the answers. Just because you're not going to be able to change people's minds like that. What you can do is change their heart and their posture toward you. You can become a a more long-term, reliable (laughs) interlocutor. And this stuff can be done in relationship. Well, this goes back to, you know, Jordan talks about it's not, it's not, uh, it's not, doesn't matter whether you win, it's how you play the game. Because the goal is be invited to future conversations, right? Mm-hmm. Keep the door of relationship open. And if you come in hot in the first conversation demanding that you win the debate and that they see your way, you're just not going to get as far versus right. like carry yourself with some humility, some curiosity. And play the long game that like you might be able to build a relationship with this person and learn from each other, genuinely learn from each other. That's the dream. Yep. So yeah. That's yeah, good, I love, man. I love Jordan's bit on um the study of the rats that play with each other. Uh, and the bigger rat, um if if a particular bigger rat would never let the little rat win in a r- little wrestling contest, then they stopped playing. The yeah. little rat would never want to do it. Yeah. But some of the big rats that were wiser would let the little rat win. Like, Just like one third so, of the time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Something like that. And 
And so they kept playing way more often and both got the benefit of play. Yeah. And so there's something to that can sound arrogant in the intellectual space. You're the big rat. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So be that. No, but I mean, but uh, someone like you, you could intellectually bully somebody and just like, Talk, or we don't even, even have to say we either are or aren't big rats, but just behaving like a big rat. Exactly, exactly. Where you're always trying to win. Posturing as the big guy. If yeah. you go into all your conversations as I have to win and I'm not going to give an inch. Oh, man. Then no one's going to want to talk to you. To treat every conversation as a battle. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, I've seen it happen. And then you see people's even Facebook posts used to have a uh, hundred likes and a bunch of comments. And then the more combative off. they get. It trickles off because yeah. people just you they they sniff out that you're not a good faith interlocutor. Yeah. You're so set in your view, you're not curious at all or open. Yeah. You've created your own little gospel or doctrine of um inviolable yeah. truths that no one can say a word about. So you it. wake up, discover that you are the big rat no one wants to play with. Cool. No good. Cool life you made. Yeah. <laughs> that's good man yeah well yeah hope you enjoyed that i think i already said that already but that's okay. again i still hope it he still hopes and uh just so you know a little housekeeping at the end we are on Substack now mm. so that's how you can subscribe it's all in one place our blog and podcast open to truth.com nope open to truth.substack.com mm-hmm. is our new uh url one one stop shop i mean there still is open to truth.com the personal website yeah but it, openatruth.substack.com yeah sub to that for all your OTT yeah. needs so we we named the blog stay curious yeah great it didn't have a name it's before. the stay curious blog yeah 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 great all right well thanks you can check that out you can always leave a comment on this video or you can write to us mailbag at openatruth.com and uh we'd love to hear from you and we'll see you next time stay curious stay curious